attention, please. Stop walking while I'm squawking. All aboard. Hi, everybody. And hello, hello, hello. It's me, Dana. Uh, Adam is asleep because it is like midnight on the East Coast. But I have a really special treat tonight, which will be daytime when you all hear this. I have Katie and Andrew Cover visiting here to tell us a really cool story in just a minute. But everybody remembers Andrew Cover, fan favorite, second, well, first to Kim, second to Kim, who knows? Kim, he's second only to you, but he's first in all of our hearts. So, Andrew, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here again. And Katie, thank you for joining. Thank you so much. I, I've been mentioned a couple times on the podcast, so now you guys get to hear my voice. As you have. Well, so just to refresh everybody's memory, Katie is why we know fan favorite Andrew. Um, Katie and I did the college program back in 2008 together out in Florida, and that's where we met, and we... Very, um, I, I, I don't know, ironically, bizarrely, we found out that we actually grew up in the same home mm-hmm. state, but never knew each other out there. And then we met all the way a- across the United States at Disney World. So, And then we both ended up in L.A., so. Yeah. Katie, you and I haven't talked about this, but do you remember one time Ryan and I were here? It was like 2009. We were visiting, and you were working in your college program out here in guest relations, and you saw us walking down Main Street, and you came over to say hi. I just – I have a very distinct memory of you being in your little plaid outfit. Oh, wow. And you said hi. I don't remember this at all, but – I mean, I'm sorry. I don't remember it. No. But, but yeah, um, I did do a college program in 2000, I think 10-ish. That's where I met Andrew. So Yeah. It's like when the two worlds collided. My, my Florida and my California college program. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Well, guys, thanks for being on the podcast. I know a, a few months back, you guys did a really cool trip. And I should also, I want to plug your blog, Katie. Katie keeps an awesome blog that has mostly Disney, but like a lot of cool LA Hollywood movie kind of pieces to it. But it's called Discover Blog. And it's spelled. Yeah, it's like Discover Blog, but my, my last name is Cover. So, so Discover with a K. Yes, exactly. Um, And it's a great blog. I highly recommend it to anybody. But on your blog, you do a lot of really cool tours around Los Angeles. Usually they have a Disney theme Mm -hmm. to them. Uh, One of my favorites is you guys went and visited all of Walt's old properties and places that he frequented. And then you also recently posted a blog about your love for Walt Disney that took you all the way out to Marceline, Missouri, right? Yeah, it was... One of those things we've always talked about doing, and we always said, oh, would it be cool if we went out there? We never thought we actually would. And then a few months ago, we were just sitting there and we said, why not? Why why go to X place when we could just go to Marceline? And so we kind of did some research and we made it out there. Yeah, I think it was one of those during the pandemic, you know, we had been like, why haven't we been going to these places? And so we looked it up and saw that it was in the absolute middle of nowhere. So we searched multiple cities to see which one was closest to drive to. And we ended up flying to Kansas City and uh, driving out. How far of a drive is it from Kansas City? Two hours, I think. It was about two oh. hours from Kansas yeah. City. Um, So I mean, it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't really close to anything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we just took one day of the trip and it was the Marceline day. We left at 8 a.m., drove out there, got out there at 10 and just kind of stayed for well, as long as you could. There's not that many things to do in Marceline, but we definitely <laughs> stayed uh, and had fun. And then we just, while we were in Kansas City, did the rest of Walt's childhood stuff since he was there for a lot of his childhood as well. 
Yeah. So remind me, I and I'm pulling this completely off of your own blog that I read again this morning, Katie, but you said that Walt only lived in Marceline for like five years, right? Yeah. So um, Walt was actually born in Chicago. So me and Andrew have been to Chicago a few times. So we'd always seen his childhood home. And then he had moved to Kansas City. And then his family decided, hey, we're not really into the big city life. We want to go own a farm. And so they moved out to Marceline. Um, it was a kind of growing railroad city. That's what we learned when we were there. So the railroad had just built there. And they were there for about five years until they kind of ran out of money and then went back to Kansas City to to make some more money. Um, but Walt had such fond memories of growing up because it was kind of those primitive years, maybe like six, seven to like 10, 11 yeah. Yeah. that he was there. So like his whole childhood was really spent on a farm. And so it was really cool to kind of see a lot of the original structures are still there, so. And that's what was his, like, first impression, which was what later created Main Street USA. Like, he's pretty famously talked about that Marceline, Missouri was his inspiration for Main Street. So I guess Mm -hmm. just tell us a little bit about the trip. Tell us, like, what were some of the first places that you went? And was it hard to find Walt in Marceline? Or was it pretty apparent that this was Walt's old hometown. So we actually found a book at the Walt Disney Family Museum, which is something along the lines of Walt throughout the world. So uh-huh. it pretty much gave addresses for everywhere he has ever been in his life. Um, Great. I mean, other, very helpful. Other countries, <laughs> things like that. And I think when you drive into Marceline, it's, it's like I said, it's in the middle of nowhere. You kind of go through a lot of nothing. And then you get there and I mean, immediately big signs saying original Main Street USA, Walt Disney's childhood hometown. Um, They have a giant museum there um, that's dedicated to him. So that was a really big thing that we wanted to make sure that we saw um, because we had originally booked trips and they were going under remodels and whatnot. But I think that's kind of the biggest draw of the town, I would say. And then um, there was just lots of little nods and little signs throughout the town saying, this inspired the Coke Corner. This inspired the Emporium. So they definitely had little tiny hidden things. And then um, people put Mickey statues and stuff in their yards too. <laughs> so, so you could definitely like tell it was something Disney. Because I think it always gets thrown around. It's a small town farm, but you don't really realize till you go out there, it is really small. I mean, it's two hours out from Kansas City, so you've been driving through farms where there's been a, a, a town every 20, 30 minutes, but those are kind of your smaller ones. You get to Marceline and you kind of start to drive in. There's literally one main street where the businesses are. There's not businesses anywhere else. A couple of side roads of neighborhoods and streets, but that's it. They're, and, and they're like a train station. And we're talking small. Like there is not a McDonald's. There is not a Walmart. There is not a grocery store. Oh, um, wow. You had to drive about 20 to 30 minutes out to get to chain stores. Yeah. Yeah. Like wow. there, there, there's one tiny market, but like you, you can get kind of your essentials like the there. Of but like a 7-Eleven, yeah. Yeah, if you wanted to get like decent produce or something, you have to go to another town 15 minutes away to go to uh-huh. McDonald's and stuff. So it's, it's small, which is awesome, which is why they really lean into Disney because it mm-hmm. brings people in. And I feel like it, it was really apparent that the town was really prideful of it, which was pretty cool, and that it mm-hmm. was kind of keeping the town alive. And yeah. it was surprisingly clean. Yeah. Like, we were surprised at how clean and well-kept it was. It didn't feel run down and oh, shaggy not, or anything I mean, like immediately when you drive into the town, you see his original home, which has been completely restored. So it's, it's like a... And it's like the first house, which is really cool. It's like mm-hmm. right on the corner, which is neat. 
Do they have like a big sign that says Walt's home or something? Or did you just know it from your book? So we knew it from the book, but then you go up and it's, it's really nice. So they, like she said, uh, Katie said, they remodeled it. They have a couple of signs. Like it's not like a massive, like here you are, but there's definitely a sign out front that says uh, Walt Disney's childhood home. They have a little bench that you can go and sit down. They have a little, a few signs that kind of tell some history of it, but it has actually a parking lot that you can go around the corner. There's maybe 10 spots that you can park and then like a grassy field if there was a bus or something. And then that's where you'd park and then you can go and explore the grounds of the house which is really cool oh that's awesome what did the house look like um it looked like a farmhouse so it was painted red um they have a barn out back which was like his original barn it's really funny because a lot of people autograph it now and so you see drawings of mickey in it and things like that and then um the big thing there was the dreaming tree which we had never heard of so apparently walt used to sit under this tree and dream about you know disney and his empire that he would have many years (laughs) later i will have an empire (laughs) um i guess like 10 years ago, five years ago, the tree was struck by lightning and completely died. And so they like got like seedlings of it and then found it and they planted the son of Dreaming Tree. Oh. Um, So that you got to see the son of Dreaming Tree. So that was like a big draw for the town. There was lots of signs. Um, (laughs) You're you're missing the most important part. When they invited the Disney ambassadors to water it with water from the rivers of America. And they did it? Yeah, they brought out like a thing of water from the river of America at Disneyland or Disney World and and watered the tree. Wow. Fun fact, um, guys. So like a couple weeks later, I had started a new job and... One of the ladies who worked in Florida on my team, um, we were in training together, and she was the ambassador who watered it from the rivers of America. That's so cute. Isn't that so random? But the house is really cool because you can't go inside the house because somebody actually lives there. But you can take pictures from outside, and then you can walk all around kind of the property. There's an area that you can walk. They don't really want you walking in their backyard. But it was a few acres because Walt used to go and explore, go in the creek and things. So you can walk along the creek. Uh, you can see where they had a lake and the barn is kind of out back, but you can just kind of sit down. They have plenty of benches. You can go inside the barn and just kind of sit. It's very peaceful. There was only a couple other people around at the time and just kind of get inspiration and just kind of see like, hey, we're kind of in where Walt grew up and dreamed of the future and just had a good time. And you kind of really feel a lot of fun energy there. So it was just a really neat thing to do. You could definitely spend an hour there easy and just kind of walking around and experiencing it. Oh, that's so cool. I don't know how I would feel if I owned that house and lived there. I don't know if I'd get curmudgeon but I feel like I would (laughs) way rather own, like, a big old ranch house out in Missouri than, like, the Brady Bunch house in Studio City where you know you've got probably people driving by every few seconds. Yeah. We talk about this. Would you ever buy an iconic movie house or anything like that, or would you not want to deal with it? It depends on the house. Like, if – like the house, I know you guys will know this because you've gone there, but like the one where they filmed Doc Brown's house, which is now yeah. like. Oh, the like, Gamble house? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if there was something that could be like so iconic and incredible, yeah. 100%. But if it was like the Brady Bunch house or the Michael Myers house. Just I a just, random house, yeah. I just think like it would get really annoying really yeah. fast. <laughs> <laughs> Though I would lean into it. If I owned the Michael Myers house, I would go all out on Halloween. Like yeah. I would deck that thing out to look just like the movie scene. Dana would be dressed like Michael Myers. I would. I would be out there. The whole month of October. Yeah, yep, just holding the knife and playing the music. <laughs> do, 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 do. It'll be great. Yeah, so this lady that lives there, she definitely takes care of it. She leans in. She treats it respectfully, almost as if it's kind of a museum. But at the end of the day, she does live there. So don't go knock on her door. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And then I think, like, 
the other huge thing that you really notice is when you keep driving, because it's, it's pretty much a one road town, and then you get to the Main Street, just how big and brick I think it kind of is. So it looks a lot like Main Street USA. Like immediately we were like, wow, like it takes the inspiration from it. We kind of expected that it was just going to be a normal small town, like maybe like a little bit, but yeah. no, like certain buildings look just like the ones in Disneyland, which was really Aww. insane. Just like the architecture of them. A lot of them have little homages to them and little homages to Disney and they have little signs. Like their um, street signs said Main Street USA. Oh, and they were, And they were shaped like yep. little Mickeys. They had little ears, which was super cute. Oh. Um, and I would say like there was not a ton of Disney fans there, but there was a few. Like there was definitely people who were there on like their Disney pilgrimage like us. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I was going to ask, did you guys interact with anybody who was just as big of Disney nerds as yourselves that knew everything or? Not really, but when we went, so they have a museum on site um, right over by the train station. I think it's the old train station, actually. And those people were really nice. And it was cool because there was their volunteers who come in and they just want to steward the museum. And so I think they drive from all around. They might drive from hours in just to work there. So they were really nice. We had some conversations with them, but uh, it was definitely a little quiet. Yeah. Okay. I think it was yeah. like a Tuesday or something. So, but, but it was so cool. And then I think, you know, we also got to go to Kansas City, which was awesome because he spent so much of his life there. And I think Kansas City, you really got to see like when he started to become Walt Disney yeah. um, because you got to see like his original studios and things like that. And I think a lot of those were just in random neighborhoods. So that was kind of cool is like you'd be walking through a neighborhood and then you'd see its house. Oh, um, cool. Yes, yeah, so like people still live in those, which is pretty cool. Now, was the museum that you were talking about, was that in Marceline or was that in Kansas City? That was in Marceline. Oh, okay. um, so it was built in the old train station. Um, so the Santa Fe Railroad. So like they have the Santa Fe Disneyland Railroad at Disneyland. So they named it after That's the railroad. That's why they call it that. Yeah. And his, <laughs> his uncle, right, was a um, train conductor that yeah. would go by. And that's how he liked trains because his uncle would come visit him in Marceline. Oh. And it's right across the street from a park. If you think of Disneyland Railroad, the E.P. Ripley Park. Oh, yes. So I guess E.P. Ripley was some guy from the town or something that created a park and had money. And so that's where Walt got that name from was from E.P. Yeah, Ripley. For the train. So they have a few big trains and stuff that have Disney Railroad written on it and stuff. So they definitely honor it yeah. right in the middle of the town in like the, the town square. They have a gazebo, kind of like there used to be a gazebo in the middle of town square at Disneyland and stuff. So it definitely has a lot of those feelings of like, this is Disneyland. Yeah. And I think a thing they were really prideful of too is, um so an old ride at Disneyland, the Midget Autopia, which was essentially a miniature version of the Autopia way back in like the 50s. Um, it closed when they expanded Tomorrowland. And they actually, gifted the midget autopia to the town of marceline and children used to drive the cars because they were real cars like they had gasoline like kids could drive them and then i think it was became unsafe or whatnot so now it's in the museum um but like a big thing is they're fundraising to reopen it so that was a big thing that you saw as a theme throughout the town is that like this was a ride at disneyland and now we have all the vehicles here and we're gonna reopen it so that was like kind of a cool thing to see because they were really prideful of it um, and you got to see all the original little miniature Autopia cars. <laughs> I hope they get to open it. That yeah. would be so cool. Be cool. <laughs> so this was over in Tomorrowland, like before, like the regular Autopia. Yeah, it was existed. there for a couple of years. And I think that it was in conjunction. They had the regular Autopia, but this was essentially like an Autopia for like four year olds. So because gotcha. I think the cars were miniature, so they could drive them, but they were real cars. <laughs> Yeah. Sounds safe. Sounds yeah, super exactly. safe. Yeah, I definitely trust a three-year-old behind the wheel. <laughs> um, well, I guess 
Is that that different than like the power wheels we give three year olds today? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, maybe it's not so bad. <laughs> um, well, that's so cool. So, what were there any other really special moments you remember, or like were there any food items that were reminiscent of Disneyland or Walt that they had kind of promoted? So, like another a couple cool things that we saw. Um, they have a theater in downtown, right, right on Main Street that. I think he premiered some short there one time, like years later, and they brought everybody out. And then in the 90s, they did another thing when they brought back some cartoon. And so they have a bunch of signs from when the show originally showed there. And like, oh, this premiered here yeah. back in whatever year. So that was really cool. And then um, the elementary school is Walt Disney Elementary School. So they have a big sign. And then the flag pole, I think it was a flag that flew at the, the Olympics, the Olympics, the Winter Olympics in, I think it was like Squaw Valley or some, somewhere. Yeah. And Walt was a big part of that. I think Imagineers helped design some of the shows for it. So he brought that there. And I think they even have the Olympic torch somewhere in the school or something. And they have a bunch of murals inside, but we didn't feel comfortable just walking into a school and saying, hi, can we look at your murals? Hi. We're adults with no children at this yeah. school. Hello. Can we come look at your murals? Yeah. And I remember another thing that, you know, we wanted to do because we're big Disney nerds is if you mail from the post office, it says Walt Disney's hometown on the stamp. So they would stamp it and they know you're a tourist coming in. So they're like, oh, you want the stamp, don't you? Yep. But yeah, so that was really cool was that they had little touches like that. And yeah. um. I feel like they were really welcoming. Everybody was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Now I feel like you're going to have to start looking for Marceline in other places like at Disneyland or any of the museums. I know when I was in Florida recently and at um, Hollywood Studios, they have that Walt Disney kind of – they have the show, but they also have a little like walking yeah. museum yeah. Of, of stuff there. And they have his Marceline um, desk that he carved WD mm -hmm. in, which was so cool. So as you guys are talking, I'm just picturing that little – old school desk yep. of his. You guys have gone to the um, Walt Disney Family Museum at least a couple of times, I believe, yep. up in San Francisco. Did you find yourselves like thinking back on that museum a lot during this particular trip? Uh, yeah, I think especially. So we actually went to the museum a couple weeks ago. So I think more so going back, because we had been there, what, five or six times before going. And I think coming back, back, it made it different coming back. So we definitely noticed a lot more of photos that he had of here was his random friend that he would play with at this fishing hole. And we were like, wow, we've been to that fishing hole. And we realized, and it would say like a short walk. And, you know, we did that and it was not a short walk. So you kind of just realized like it put into context a lot of things. So I think that was more cool was going back after because yeah. we were able to relate all these little stories next to photos in those early rooms of the museum that really kind of, you know, described his life in Marceline, which I think a lot of people would just walk by. They'd be like, oh, here's a school picture of Walt. And we'd see it and we'd be like, oh, wow, he's in front of like the second house that his parents lived in because he lived in a few houses when he was there. Um, they had like rentals and whatnot. And so you were able to relate it to those things, which was pretty cool. And I think another big thing is it put a lot of things into perspective coming back into L.A. and seeing like his Los Feliz houses and things like that. And just seeing, okay, how much different it would have been when he came over here with his suitcase and his dream and all that stuff. And, like, L.A. was a big city. It was tight, condensed houses. I mean, Kansas City, of course, was really big and probably maybe even bigger than L.A. back at those times. But L.A. is just a, such a different world from what he was living in around then. So it was just completely fascinating to see. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it definitely makes a different perspective seeing Disney historical stuff now. 
For sure. Mm. Yeah. Well, now I just really want to go take your guys' blog tour again of all of the L.A. locations because it's so cool to see all of his houses here. But you guys have seen quite a difference from his, you know, childhood home to like his Carol Woods house, which is where he had his full replica train in the back. And like it was a it's a literal mansion, folks. Like it is massive. So it's pretty crazy to see how far his history has gone. And what's really interesting when you, because we've seen pretty much every house he's lived in, or at least where it would be, because a couple of them are torn down. Marceline House is easily his best house, besides maybe the L.A. ones where he, once he got rich and stuff. But like all of his Kansas City houses were just houses, and uh-huh. now they're kind of in really rundown areas in a lot of cases. But they're just houses, nothing special. But then, then the L.A. ones, like his first house is kind of cool. But then once he gets rich, he gets the fancy houses. But that Marceline house, it just really stands out. And you can see, okay, he had acres to run around. He had a small town that he probably knew everyone's name and stuff. And so it's really fascinating. Yeah, I feel like you could definitely see how a kid from Chicago and Kansas City and stuff moved to Marceline and was like, wow, land. Because his house was on acres. And I mean, it was beautiful acres of woods. So you could tell that he would probably played in a lot of woods. There was lots of farmland. Um... Like I said, the short walk fishing hole, which was probably like a two mile walk. Oh man! (laughs) Like in the the summer heat or the winter snow. Yeah. Um, So I bet like something like that was so cool, and I think it's cool to see that when he moved to LA, he was able to like replicate that essentially at Carrollwood, which I'm assuming is why he bought such a large property, (laughs) um, so he could have that land again for his own children. For sure. Also, you ain't going to get that kind of land these days. <laughs> nope. No. But back in the 50s and 60s, yep. that was that yep. was a pretty sweet deal you got there, Walt. Um, well, cool. Well, any other last memories? Or I guess maybe I should end with the question of, do you think going to Marceline, Missouri is important for those diehard Disney nerds like ourselves and, and big fans? Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely worth it. So... I would definitely recommend tagging it on to Kansas City. Um, I think that both of them together, you really got to live out his like suitcase and a dream thing. Um, I mean, we did that. We went to the train station in there. Kansas City, like the Union Station. And, and, like- and we carried suit, like our little bags <laughs> like, just to like get photos. It's definitely cool. I think it's a big bucket list item, I would say, for a lot of Disney fans. And just to say you did it and to kind of see where it's from. And, you know, it was really cool. It's kind of cool to see how simple it is back there compared to, you know, the huge conglomerate that Disney is today. But I would definitely say it's worth it. and Absolutely worth it. Yeah, I'd say any big Disney fan, absolutely worth it. It's fun. If you do a little bit of planning, it's actually pretty easy to do. Uh, Straight shot freeway to get there. Um, I, I'd highly recommend it. It was just fun, and it's something that we'll remember forever, and we'll kind of remember to like we left there and we said, "I can't wait to come back." I mean, it's not too often you say that for a small little town in the middle of nowhere, but some point we want to go back and we'd recommend it to anyone. It was really, really cool. And that's saying a lot because we're big city people, so we're not small town people, and we want to go back. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not to live forever, but, no. but not for a good, <laughs> a good little visit. Well, well, awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the podcast and sharing all of that. Thank you, fan favorite Andrew, for being back. Sorry, Kim. I think he's knocking you off of the uh, fan favorite rung for a second again but um but thank you both of you for joining and um i can't wait to hear about more of your trips i know you've got some other awesome disney trips coming down the way we will definitely hear reviews of all those and again thank you so much for being on the podcast 
Thank you. I think next time we need to record with you, Kim. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but thank you. This is a lot of fun. Kim's probably like really mad right now. I can see her like just hitting her little fist against her desk. And, no, but yes. Uh, all right, folks, enjoy your week and we will see you again next week. Bye.